Wow. It is good to be back with you. Es bueno estar con ustedes de nuevo. And I'm going to invite you to be seated so you don't have to stand for the whole service. It's been 10 years since I was here. And I not only bad back in those 20 years ago, not only was I had brown hair, but I was skinny. We had a picture from our Sing Sing program Last year, somebody took in 1984. It's one of the few photos of me from the 1980s, and it's been hidden inside Sing Sing Prison, where we have a master's degree. And they brought this thing out and put it on a wall for a program. And people kept saying, Who's that good-looking guy, that white guy, good-looking guy? <laughs> and I told somebody, that's me. That's not you, that's not you, that's got to be somebody else. <laughs> Pastor, thank you for inviting me here. I can't believe it's been this long and you have such a faithful history. But I'm honored to be here for the 56th anniversary. And Pastor, maybe if I do a good enough job, you'll invite me back 10 years from now. We'll all be here again. For your 60th, okay. That's only four years away. I really appreciate your pastor, first of all. He's an extraordinary friend but also an extraordinary pastor. I remember working with him many years ago and the extraordinary biblical insights that he had. A whole bunch of us thought he ought to go on and become a professor of the Bible. And I remember him saying, God has called me to be a pastor. So thank you for listening to God and not to your professors. Because truly, this is where God has placed your pastor. To his wife, his daughter, grandchildren, nietos. It's an honor to be with you as well here today. Es un honor estar con usted aquí hoy. And the memory of Jose Caraballo. Y la wow. memoria de Jose Caraballo. Jose Caraballo was an amazing pastor. Jose Caraballo era un pastor maravilloso. And I first came to NYTS, he took me under his wings and made sure I understood the life of the city. Cuando primero vine al Instituto el Bíblico de Nueva York, Teología, me tomó bajo sus alas. Jose had this extraordinary love for the city and for its life. And he used to say, to be a successful pastor, you just have to love the city. And you have to love the people. <laughs> he had a wonderful joke he used to tell. Do you remember? We used to call him Joe. Jose. And he would tell this joke all the time in all of his classes. Jose was up out of East Harlem. 
And he said there was this little mouse in East Harlem. Decía que había un ratoncito en el barrio. Very slick. Que era muy avispado. And he said one day this slick mouse came out of, a, of, the, of, the, of the tenement and was out on the street. Suddenly around a corner comes this cat goes y, chasing the mouse. And the mouse goes down into this ditch, this, this, this corner in, the, in a, one of those potholes in East Harlem that the city never filled. And the cat was trying to reach it. Y el gato intentó alcanzarlo. And the mouse would hear, row, row, row. Y el ratón nada más que escuchaba al gato. You could, yeah, you could. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> And then suddenly it gets silent. Y de momento fue silencioso. And the mouse hears, row. Y el, el ratón escuchó, row. Woof, woof, woof. Woof, woof, woof. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. And quiet. And the mouse says, silencio. El dijo, I'm saved. Estoy salvo. Comes up out of the hole and the cat grabs him right around the neck. Little mouse says, I thought I heard a dog. El dijo, Yo creo que un ga- un perro. And the cat said, to make it in this city, you have to be bilingual. <laughs> Y el, y el gato le dijo para uh, cumplir en esta ciudad tiene que ser bilingüe. Oh my God. Jose said a church has to be bilingual. It's got to learn to speak Amen. many languages. Amen. Jose dijo una iglesia tiene que ser bilingüe, tiene que aprender a hablar muchos lenguajes. We do that in New York Theological Seminary. This summer we have a Spanish language doctor of ministry cohort. Este verano tenemos un uh, lenguaje español, un ministerio que hay presente. We have a Korean language doctor of ministry cohort. Coreano también enseñando. We have four new master's degrees in the last five years. Tenemos cuatro maestrías nuevas en los últimos cinco años. And they're all geared towards professional needs of the churches. Y todos están diseñados para a uh, a uh, uh, alcanzar a las iglesias y la necesidad de la iglesia. We have a master's in pastoral care. Hay una maestría en teología pastoral, cuidado pastoral. And now 40 students in that program. Hay 40 estudiantes en ese programa. A master of arts in religious leadership and administration, which is really focusing on administrative needs, leadership needs, and developing those capacities. Una maestría que se dirige con la uh, que trata con el liderato de la iglesia y la administración de la iglesia. A master of arts in religious education. Maestría de uh, educación religiosa. And we hope in the next two years to start a doctorate of education in EDD. Y esperamos EDD. en los últimos en los próximos dos años empezar un doctorado en educación. And a master of arts in youth ministry. Y maestría en enseñanza de la juventud. Dr. Tamara Henry runs that program. El Dr. Henry coge ese programa. And she's been working on the theology of Beyonce. Y con la de Beyonce. She says, if you want to reach young people, you've got to learn the hip hop nation. You've got to understand what's going on in that culture. So while we go back to the 70s, pues a los 70s they're looking forward at the next generation of young people coming up. I mentioned Sing Sing. Eh, Sing Sing. We're the only theological school in the nation 
that has an accredited graduate degree inside the state prison system. Que somos la única organización de teología enseñanza que tenemos una maestría y un sistema en la prisión. We've been doing that for 35 years. Estamos haciendo esto por 35 años. And this year we will have graduated in 19 in 2018 we will have graduated our 500th student. Wow. En 2018 se va a graduar el 500 estudiante. They're doing extraordinary work. Haciendo trabajo extraordinario. Darren Ferguson is a pastor and a bishop out in, in uh, Far Rockaways. Darren Ferguson es obispo y uh, en Far Rockaway. John Duxworth just finished his term as uh, chief of staff for juvenile rehabilitation for the Department of Corrections for Washington, D.C. John uh, está terminando o ha terminado su estudio tratando con los jóvenes y levantando a los jóvenes en Washington, D.C. I knew him 30 years ago inside prison doing 20 years to life. Y él estaba en la prisión 20 años atrás haciendo 20 años a vida. Julio Medina runs Exodus Transitional Community. Julio Medina quien coge Exodus uh, Transición de la Comunidad. Mark Graham runs, started and runs Redemption Center. John Valverde is the executive director of Youth Build International up in Boston. John Valverde se encuentra en Boston levantando la juventud. All of them have their MPS from New York Theological Seminary. All of them once were thrown away by society. Men who were told they had 20 years to life. One of the things our program shows is that in the midst of all of the places where you think there's garbage, God finds treasures. Uno de las cosas que nuestra organización enseña es que donde la persona piensa que hay basura, Dios encuentra tesoros. And God raises up leaders out of unexpected places. Y Dios levanta líderes de lugares donde menos esperado. And nobody is thrown away in God's economy. Y nadie en la economía de Dios es botado afuera. It's good to be with you. Es bueno estar con ustedes. I bring you greetings and I bring you a word of hope and looking forward to four years. Le traigo saludos y palabras de esperanza y estoy mirando hacia adelante de aquí a cuatro años. Will you pray with me? Por favor, oren juntamente conmigo. I ask, O oh Lord, in the next few minutes that you would open up my eyes. Te pido, Señor, que en los próximos minutos abra mis ojos. Open my heart. Abre mi corazón. That I may speak your word. Que yo pueda hablar tu palabra. Use me, O oh Lord, to be Usame. an instrument. I pray that you open the ears of all who are here. That we can hear once again the word of the Lord. In Christ I pray. Amen. I want to work with you today in recognizing your pastor's abilities as a biblical scholar. I want to work on a biblical text with you today. Quiero trabajar con ustedes reconociendo la habilidad de nuestro pastor como teólogo de la palabra. Quiero tratar con un tema de teología. Some years ago, I preached for one of our graduates in Queens. Algunos años atrás prediqué por uno que se graduó. And just before I got up to preach, he said. Y antes de predicar, él dijo. My professor gave me a D. Mi profesor me dio un D, una D en la clase. He gave me a D for one of my papers. So I've invited him here today so I can grade him on how good of a preacher he is. Wow. 
Pues yo lo invité a él aquí para yo a uh, pasar el grado de él, a ver si él puede pasar como predicador. So I'm very conscious of having a teacher behind me, ready to grade me. Pues estoy muy consciente de tener un maestro o profesor detrás de mí para pasar mi grado. And you'll have to tell me afterwards how well I did. Y me va a tener que decir después cuán buen hice. But I want to read from you from the book of Mark. Pero quiero leer del libro de Marcos. The fourth chapter. Capítulo 4. Verses 35 through 41. Marco 4, 35 to 41. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up, and they said to him, Teacher! Do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? They were filled with great awe and they said to one another, Who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Amen. 35. Aquel día, cuando llegó la noche, les dijo, pasemos al otro lado. Y despidiendo a la multitud, le tomaron como estaba. Él y en, la en la barca. Y había también con él otras barcas. Pero se levantó una gran tempestad de viento. Y echaba a, a, a las olas en la barca de tal manera que ya se anegaba y él estaba en la popa durmiendo sobre una sobre un cabezal y les despertaron y le dijeron maestro no tienes cuidado que perecemos y levantándose reprendió al viento y dijo a la mal calla enmudece y cesó el viento y les hizo grande bonanza. Y les dijo, ¿por qué estáis así amedrentados? ¿Cómo no tenéis fe? Entonces temieron con gran temor y se decían el uno al otro, ¿quién es este que aún el viento y el mal le obedecen? Amén, amén, amén. Mark is an interesting book. Marco es un libro muy interesante. Whoever wrote the book, Mark, was somebody very close to Jesus and very close to the first generation. El que escribió el libro de Marcos fue muy cercano a Jesús y cercano a la primera generación. And as you're reading the four Gospels, you get a sense that each of the authors, each of the particular authors, have their own kind of imprint on the book. Mientras leemos los cuatro evangelios, entendemos que los cuatro que escribieron tienen su propia vista del evangelio. Matthew and Luke have particular concerns that they keep lifting up. 
Mateo y Lucas tienen sus propias preocupaciones que siguen subrayando. And both of them work with Mark as a source. Los dos trabajan con Marcos como eh, recurso. The book of John has a very different flavor. El libro de Juan tiene un sabor enteramente diferente. But Matthew, Luke, and John are very sophisticated. Pero Mateo, Marco y Luco son muy sofisticados. There's a roughness in Mark's gospel. Hay algo como muy rudo en el Evangelio de Marcos. Almost as if it's written hurriedly without a whole lot of editing work. Casi como que se casi como se que se escribió de prisa. When you compare it to John in particular, you see very different kind of words, very different kind of patterns. Cuando se compara especialmente a Juan se ve un patrón enteramente diferente. John's gospel goes into great detail and explains to us what Jesus is teaching in words that go on and on and on and on and on. El libro de Juan entra en detalles en la enseñanza de Jesús de palabras que continúan hacia adelante. Where Mark uses where Jesus uses parables in Mark in John he gives philosophical discourse. En Marco él habla acerca de las parábolas en Juan él habla de las filosofías. I get tired sometimes reading the book of John. A veces me canso de leer el libro de Juan. And I skip some of those verses because Jesus just keeps going on and on and on. Y paso por alto algunos de los versos porque Jesús continúa. Mark's gospel, Jesus is on the move all the time. El Evangelio de Marco, Jesús siempre está moviéndose. Immediately he goes here, then immediately he goes there, and then immediately over here. Inmediatamente va aquí, se va para allá y sale para el otro lado. And you get a sense that Mark is trying to keep up with him. Y como que Marco está tratando de alcanzar a Jesús. Matthew and Luke take some of the edge off. Mateo y Luca como que sacan un poco de este detalles. It's like when they write the minutes for the deacons meeting. There might have been a real sharp exchange, but the minutes kind of soften it. Es como cuando se escriben los minutos para una reunión de diáconos que aparentemente la reunión fue fuerte, pero los minutos quitan como la, lo judo. The, the pastor had a word of encouragement. El pastor tenía una palabra de ánimo. Mark shows us this rawness, this, this, this intensity of Jesus. Marco enseña lo crudo, la intensidad de Jesús. And there's all kinds of little things buried in Mark's gospel. Y hay muchos detalles eh, eh, que no se han descubierto en el Evangelio de Marcos. So when you read it through quick, you miss it. Porque cuando lo lees rápido, como que lo pasamos por harto. This is one of those stories that we read and we think we know about. Esto es una de las historias que leemos y pensamos de ella. And yet there is so much going on in this story. Y hay tanto que sucede dentro de la historia. That this morning for your 56th anniversary, I simply want to walk through the story and let it structure my sermon. Es que en esta mañana quiero que esto sea la estructura para el aniversario de 56. Sometimes when you're preaching, you take one idea and you refine it and you work it and you leave the text. A veces cuando se predica, se toma una idea y uno brega con esa idea en el texto. This morning I want to stay with the text. En esta mañana quiero quedarme dentro del texto. And see if it can speak to us where we are today. Para ver si nos puede hablar donde estamos hoy. So, it starts. Pues comienza. A day when <coughs> evening had come, the disciples said to Jesus, let's go across to the other side. Aquel día cuando llegó la noche, les dijo, pasemos al otro lado. Jesus has been up in Galilee. Jesús estaba en Galilea. He's preaching outside along the lake of Galilee. Está predicando cerca del lago del Galilea. And he's been going inside of a house and outside to do public air preaching. Y está saliendo de la casa para hacer predicaciones aire libre. He has been for a whole extended period in Mark 4 teaching in parables. He's talked about the lamp put under the bushel. And the kingdom of God is like the seed scattered on the ground. 
And then he goes inside for a bit and he talks to the disciples and he explains to them why he's using parables. And Mark lets us see a Jesus who not only has been healing but has been trying to teach the people a new way of life. And now at the end of a long day in which he's been outside and he's been working with people and he's been teaching and he has been healing, at the end of a long day, Después de un día tan largo enseñando y sanando, después de un día bien largo, he says, "Let's get out of here." Dijo, "Vámonos de aquí." He's tired. Está cansado. He's worn out. Se encuentra gastado, desgastado. And leaving the crowd behind, the disciples climb into a boat with him. Y alejándose, dejando la multitud, los discípulos se montan en la barca con él. Verse 36. And it says they went with him, just as he was. Dicen que se fueron con él así como él estaba. Now this is a strange phrase. Es una frase muy extraña. I don't know the Spanish equivalent, but in English, just as he was means messy, uncleaned, unwashed up, with your dirty clothes. Don't bother to go home, take a bath, just come on. No, no sé si él dice, no sabe si el equivale en español, pero cuando dice así como él estaba, significa así sucio, sin bañarse, sin lavar la ropa, sin cambiarse, sino vámonos así exactamente como estamos. Billy Graham rallies, we used to sing just as I am without one plea. En la campaña de Billy Graham cantábamos así como estamos. And the message was come as you are. Y el mensaje es ven como estás. Don't bother to go home and get cleaned up. No vaya a la casa a limpiarse. Your life is a mess. Come as you are. Tu vida está hecha un revolú. Ven así como estás. Things are failing. Come as you are. Si estás fallando, las cosas están fallando. Ven como estás. You're facing sickness and problems, and come as you are. Están enfrentando enfermedad. Ven como estás. Your kids aren't doing very well. Bring them. Come as you are. Tus hijos no están haciendo bien. Ven, tráelos así como están. It's an invitation to go to God with all of our messiness in life. Es una invitación de venir a Dios con todo el daño de nuestras vidas. But the problem is we think Jesus is there as somebody whose life isn't messy. Pero pensamos que Jesús está ahí como una persona que no tiene arrugas. We've taken Jesus out of the human realm and projected him into some kind of superhuman divine figure who isn't, doesn't look anything like us. Hemos sacado a Jesús de la humanidad y lo miramos como algo tan lejos como que no se identifica con nosotros. Theology in the church we often try to clean Jesus up. La teología en la iglesia a veces intentamos a limpiar a Jesús. And Mark here is showing us that this man is human. Marco aquí nos enseña que este hombre es humano. He's a human being like us. That's why he can save us. Es un ser humano como nosotros, por eso que nos puede salvar. And he gets tired like we do. Y se cansa así como nosotros. He gets frustrated from time to time. Se frustra de tiempo en tiempo. There are words which come out of him which say to the disciples he's exasperated with them. Hay palabras que que salen de él que muestra a los discípulos que se encuentran cansados con ello. So here you get a picture of somebody who's dirty. He's 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 been sweating. Aquí vemos una foto de una persona que está sucia, sudando. He hasn't taken a bath. No se ha bañado. He's tired. Está cansado. They get him in a boat just as he is. Lo montan en la barca así como él está. Other boats were with them. Otras barcas estaban con ellos. They get out in the water. Salen de las aguas. And a great windstorm arose. Y comienza una tempestad. But he was in the stern, asleep. Pero él estaba en la popa, durmiendo. On a cushion. Sobre un cojín en su cabeza. Cushion. Un cojín. In a boat? En un bote, una barca? 
It's the only place in the whole New Testament where this word is used. Es la única persona en el Nuevo Testamento donde se encuentra esta palabra. Literally in Greek, a cloth for the head. Literalmente en el griego es un pañal para la cabeza. Um, Greco-Roman society did have cushions. La sociedad greco-romana tenía cojines. They were only for the well-to-do and wealthy. Y eran para aquellos que se encontraban bien financieramente. Uh, common people didn't sleep on a pillow. La gente común no dormían en almohadas. They slept on the ground. Dormían en la tierra. Maybe some straw. Tal vez con uh, pajas. If you had a mat, it was woven out of straw. Si tenía algo en que acostarte era entretejidos con pajas. Maybe you took your coat and wrapped and put some straw in it and put your head on it when you slept at night. Tal vez tomaban el coat y le metían pajas para acostarse sobre él. There's this little touch of elegance in here. Hay un toque de elegancia aquí. So I immediately want to know where did they get the cushion? Pues inmediatamente yo quiero saber dónde él consiguió este cojín. Fishermen don't put cushions in boats. Los pescadores no ponen cojines en los en las barcas. These are large, three meter long, uh, 18 feet. Yeah, six meter. Se encuentra estas barcas eran de 18 pies, seis metros. Two or three meters across. Dos tres metros a cruzar. Flat bottom boats. Eran a planos por debajo. That worked the Sea of Galilee. Que trabajaban con la el mar de Galilea. Maybe a plank for the oar. Tal vez una planca para jamal. This is no yacht. Esto no es un bote elegante. He's not on a cruise. Esto no es un crucero. Um, he's just sleeping on the floor, the bottom of the boat, and the others are working around him. And the cushion is there. Y el cojín se encuentra allí. And you wonder, did somebody run into a house? Y se pregunta uno, ¿entró alguien una casa? And grab a cushion to bring it out for him? Y cogió un cojín para traérselo? It's a moment when you get the picture of his tiredness. He really was sleepy. He's dead tired. And in the midst of his dead tiredness, a storm has arisen. Now you get a picture that the disciples suddenly feel like they're on their own. They've seen his miracles. They know he can perform them, but now he's asleep on them. Let me stop here for a moment. Has anybody here ever felt like God fell asleep on you? Oh my God. You went out on a journey. You went out on a, you launched something in life. You thought God was behind you and you got out there and suddenly you couldn't find God with you or you thought God wasn't with you and you just felt like God went to sleep and left you on your own. Usted ha salido en una visión, una jornada o para hacer algo, para desarrollar algo y como que de momento se para y piensa, Dios estaba conmigo, pero ¿a dónde está Dios ahora? Sometimes we have ideals and dreams about what we want to be and we think God's going to help me get to there and we don't always get there and it feels like I'm on my own. A veces tenemos ideales y pensamientos y pensamos que Dios está con nosotros y nos sentimos como que estamos solos. ¿Dónde está Dios? Some of us have families with problems and we say, where are you, God? Wake up. Algunos tenemos familias con problemas y como que no vemos a Dios y nos preguntamos, Dios, ¿dónde tú estás? Despiértate. Some of us have issues in our own lives, health issues, and we feel like, God, why don't you take care of this? Algunos tenemos asuntos físicos en nuestra vida y nos preguntamos, Dios, ¿por qué tú no te encargas de esto? It's okay to feel that way. Está bien sentirse así. Even Jesus on the cross felt like he was being God forsaken. Aún Jesús en la cruz en el Calvario pensaba que Dios lo había rechazado. 
What's smart is that the disciples knew who to go wake up. They've turned to Jesus right in their midst of their crisis. And he gets up and I'll come back and he stills the storm, yes. But then he says to them, Pero luego le dice a ellos, Why are you so timid? ¿Por qué son tan tímidos? Why do you still have no faith? ¿Por qué todavía no tienes fe? The word in translated often is afraid. <laughs> the word in Greek means timid. La palabra normalmente que dice miedo es en griego tímido. Almost like, why were you afraid to wake me up? Casi porque temían despertarme. Or why are you so afraid to, to, why are you so timid, so fearful of taking this step you've been called to take in life? And Jesus puts faith over against being timid. It's not exactly fear, it's a different word. And in a moment the disciples are going to have fear. En un momento los discípulos van a tener temor. Phobios in Greek, phobia. Phobios, phobia. Fear in Mark is what the women had when they encountered the risen Christ. Temor era lo que las mujeres tenían cuando se encontraron con el Cristo resucitado. In Mark 16:8, the women facing the angel and being struck by the resurrection became struck with fear. That kind of fear is different than being timid. That kind of fear is like fear and trembling that Abraham has. That's a healthy fear that's the beginning of faith. That's a fearfulness when you come into the presence of God and you should be fearful. Annie Dillard says if we really believe what we were preaching about God, we'd wear crash helmets when we come to church. But this is a different word Jesus uses the first time to the disciples. Why are you so timid? You see, the opposite of fear is not doubt. Fear and doubt live together. La fe y la duda viven junto. The opposite of faith Lo opuesto a la fe is timidity. Tim timidity. Es tem uh, timidad. Timidez. Timidez. The opposite of faith is not doubt. Lo opuesto a la fe no es duda. The opposite of faith is being timid. Lo opuesto a la fe es uh, timidez. What does <coughs> faith mean here? ¿Qué significa la fe aquí? Martin Luther King said, faith, Martin Luther King que fe, faith is taking the first step fe es tomar la, el paso, when you can't see the staircase. No puede ver las faith, said Paul Tillich, is the ability to stay engaged in a project even if you can't see how it's going to end. Tillich enseña que eh, la habilidad de fe es mantenerse en el programa aunque no sabe cómo va a terminar. Faith is the ability to hold on, to fe, hold on, fe es la de 
But Tillich always said, faith starts not by you holding on to God, but God holding on to you. Because faith isn't grounded in what we do. Faith is grounded in what God does. Faith is not the experience of grasping something. Faith is the experience of being grasped. Something has taken hold of you. Something has compelled you. Someone has grasped you. Someone has called you. And in that moment, when you respond, God's faith in us generates this sense of faith and trust and an ability to trust the one we can't even see. That's why Martin Luther, Martin Luther says that that's why faith is not reason. Reason is based on things you can see. Reason is based on logic. Reason is when you get there on your own. When you figure out how to get there and then you follow it and you make it happen, that's reason. But Luther said that so you don't think you do this on your own. God makes the pathway that of faith. Dios abre el camino de fe. And Luther said faith is the ability to see God in precisely the places where you can't find God existing. Luther dice que la fe es precisamente poder ver a Dios donde tú piensas que Dios no puede existir. That's why Luther said you encounter heaven when you're in the midst of a hell. And you encounter life right in the face of death. It is when you feel like you're at the end of things, that's when faith takes over. It's when you can't find your way out of this place. But you know God's going to make a way out of this place. That's faith. And sometimes it happens right away and sometimes it doesn't happen for a long time. And sometimes the person is cured, but sometimes they're not. And faith isn't based on whether the cure happens or not. Faith doesn't depend on whether the cancer came back or didn't come back. Faith is the ability to live through the cancer even if you go on and suffer from it. Knowing that you trust God. And knowing that on the other side there's a God waiting for you. And the capacity, the ability to live through those moments in life that's faith and so that's what's happening with the disciples Jesus stilling the storm is in fact generating in them an experience of faith now this part of the sermon you've heard before and you know it well you've got a storm in your life you've got Jesus in your boat 
You got a storm at work. Hay una en su you got a storm in your place of school. Hay una en su lugar en la There are escuela. storms going on around us in the neighborhood. There's a trumped up storm happening in Washington, D.C. We've got our immigration and ice and the storms of what's going on with ripping families apart. And we haven't yet seen the storm calmed. We're still in the midst of the storm. We need to remember we've got Jesus in this boat. That you've got Jesus in your life. That you've got to hold on and call upon him and know that he is the one finally who can still this storm. And the storm does get stilled. And the disciples are filled with great awe. That the wind and the sea has calmed. And then I think, okay, that's it. I'm done. Y luego pensamos, ya, okay, terminé. Except I told you, Mark has these little pieces in the story that trip me up. And so the great windstorm is now over. Ahora, se ha callado y But go back to verse 36. Pero al verso 36. They took Jesus with them in the boat just as he was. Y se llevaron a Jesús y lo tomaron a esta barca así como le estaba. Other boats. Otras barcas. Other boats. Otras barcas. Were with them. Estaban con ellos. What are these other boats in this story for? ¿Para qué están estas otras barcas en la historia? Who's in these other boats? ¿Quién están estas otras barcas? What should we know about them? ¿Qué debemos saber de ellos? Josephus, the first century historian. Josefo, un historiador del primer siglo. Wrote a history of the Jewish wars. He was Jewish. He was a Pharisee who turned, became a, a Roman collaborator and wrote a history for Rome. Era un judío quien escribió uh, la historia de Roma, eh, pero era judío. Josephus is writing one generation after Jesus. Josefo se encuentra escribiendo una And he's describing to his Roman audience the Lake of Galilee economy. And Josephus says there's about 250 boats. Fishing boats. On the Lake of Galilee. Tiberius has built a salting plant for salting fish. This is one of the most profitable jobs, incomes in the region. Fishermen go out and pull in their fish. They didn't use hooks. They used nets. They would bring the fish in and sell them to the salting plant. Which would then salt the fish, pack them, and sell them out to other cities around the region. By the time of Jesus, many of the families had lost their boats entirely because of the economy. Some owned them. Most of them had to sell them to brokers and then rent back their own boat. It's like the cabs in New York City. 
and families worked these boats day and night. And so one crew would go out and they would come back in and another crew would take that boat out and they would come back in. You would have these boats continuously being used fishing. Now the people who've come to hear Jesus probably are people seasonally employed. They aren't the fishermen working the sea. La gente que vinieron a ver a Jesús no eran los pescadores que estaban sobre el mar, sino que eran gente que trabajaba en otro lugar. Because pastor, there's a lot of people who aren't in church on Sunday morning because they're out working. Porque gente, hay pastor, hay gente que no están en iglesia el domingo por la mañana porque están trabajando. They're driving the cabs and they're running the shops. Están guiando taxis y abriendo tiendas. And they're out in the city, and the city life is going on. These other fishermen had no idea who Jesus was. Some of them might, but they were too busy. They had work to do. Life was going on for them like every day. Wasn't anything special. They had no idea that the Messiah was in the boat out there on the right. They saw a dirty man sleeping on a cushion. They didn't see the eternal Son of God. They didn't see the second member of the Trinity. They didn't see the divine figure. They didn't see God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made. They saw a man who was tired on the bottom of the boat. It's the disciples who knew where he was. The other ones didn't know. And this is where the story suddenly grabs me. All of those boats were at risk in the storm. It wasn't just the disciples who were at risk in the storm. The storm was hitting the whole lake. Storms don't come up and just pick one boat. They hit the whole lake. And when Jesus stills the storm for his disciples, he stills it as well for those who don't even know who he is. He's not in every boat. But that doesn't stop the benefits that brought about to the disciples from being spread to those as well. Some folks think that if other people are going to have the benefits, they got to get in this boat. We got Jesus in our church. And if you want a benefit, you got to come in here. You got to climb in this boat. And you got to sit in this boat and listen to the pastor. And you got to, then, then you can get the benefits of what Jesus brings. But this church is doing something else. You're going out into the community and you're bringing the benefits of your Christian faith out to the community and I haven't heard anybody say you got to be a Christian in order to benefit you're inviting people to become Christians but you're not making that a precondition of receiving the benefits of God's grace and you can see it from this picture when the church is what the church is supposed to do the rest of the world benefits when the members of the body of Christ live out their faithfulness 
vive sus beneficios. The wider community benefits. La comunidad por entera se beneficia. The police departments work better when Christians act like Christians. And the public school system has a grace going on within it when people are acting like Christians in that place. And the outreach to the homeless. And the outreach to the drug addiction community. And all the places where the benefits go, they go because you don't just stay in here with Jesus, you get out into the other boat. And you recognize that what God is doing in this world doesn't just stay for us. The others might not know who calmed the storms. You do. But God doesn't make that a precondition for receiving the benefits of God's grace. Jesus told his disciples the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Jesus healed ten lepers and only one came back to thank him. He didn't take away the healing of the other nine. No le quitó la sanidad a los otros nueve. He didn't make thanking him a precondition for being healed. And when the church lives out this life, it takes this benefit out. That's what Mark is trying to get us to see. You've had 56 years of ministry in this church. Hemos tenido 56 años de ministerio en esta iglesia. You didn't try to become a mega church with all the razzle-dazzle. When I see two ATM machines before I see a cross. Where the mission of the church is to build a bigger church. Your pastor talked today about the building project that you're talking about. Putting affordable housing at the center and not a great big new temple. That's what Mark is talking about here. Bringing Jesus into this lake. Letting him calm the storms in this community. Knowing that he's in this boat here, but the benefits don't stay here. You got it. You got it, Pastor. Thank you, God. Gracias. Thank you for calming the storms in our own lives. Thank you for being there in the midst of our lives when there are such tempests going on. You know the lives here today, Lord. You know those of us who are struggling with issues. Facing challenges which seem insurmountable. Be with us in our timidity, Lord. Show yourself and calm those storms for us. But then, Lord, help us see the others whose lives you're touching. Give us a vision, Lord, for those other boats in our neighborhood. Those other boats on this particular sea. The lives of those who need to be touched. 
Where there's healing, Lord, let us become instruments. In the educational system. Among the healthcare. Entre las sanidades. In the police departments. En el departamento de policía. In the correctional system. En el sistema correccional. In the courts. En las cortes. In the businesses. En los negocios. In the shops. En los lugares de tienda. Among the drivers of the cabs. Entre aquellos que guían los taxis, conducen. Let your spirit, Lord, que work. Que tu espíritu, Señor, trabaje. So that we may know and glorify you. Para que podamos saber y glorificarte. The human one. El humano. The sleepy one who was with us and continues to be with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.